you, Niels. Good morning from our side. It's great to have all of you here, and uh, hope you had a great weekend. Just before we uh, start with a sermon this morning, I just want to um, <clears throat> place your attention on our new sermon series campaign that we will be starting in uh, next week, actually, called Hope. Just to give you some context is that um, in uh, four years ago, we're actually busy with a four-year focus in the Doxedo family. Um, where we talk about the glory of God, exhibiting God's glory. And um, so it's all about understanding glory, and glory is God's presence. It's His power. It is uh, His light. Um, everything that He is, is His glory. And Jesus, as the Word says, was the full expression of God's glory. And we read this amazing piece in um, uh, John 17, where Jesus prays to the Father, and He says, Father, the glory which you have given me, I now give to them, to everyone who believes in me, which means that you and me, saying that we are followers of Jesus Christ and Christians, we are actually carriers of the glory of God now where we are. That is amazing. Um, just to experience that and discover that. Uh, so we are carriers of His glory. And then we said, so the first year was focused on just understanding glory. And then we said, but God, how does this look like? How do we... How do we really carry your glory? What does it look like? And there were three things that God spoke to us. Was, it was faith, um, love, and hope. And so uh, two years back, we spoke about the whole faith concept, understanding that that is the part where we understand our faith and, and define it uh, according to Scripture and my faith story, my testimony that reaches lost people, um, which I journey with. And then last year, we talked about love that heals the pain, understanding the love that Christ has for us and God has for us in Christ and we have to love one another as he have loved us and that is so amazing to make the discovery in your life and then this year we're going to end our exhibit his glory uh, focus for your focus with a uh, theme of hope and redefining really hope for ourselves according to the Bible understanding that hope is not a wishful thinking uh, thing in your life that uh, sometimes we have, you know, we hope the weather is going to be good tomorrow. We hope this is going to happen. You know, it's like a very superstitious, uh, um, or superficial, sorry, superficial uh, way of thinking about hope. And really to understand that hope is seeing God's kingdom. Hope is really seeing into the spirit and, and trusting God for that to be established here on earth. And uh, so next week we're going to start with that. And we trust God that hope, the true meaning of hope. That we will carry that into our homes, that we, in our families, that we will carry that into our workplaces, and that we will carry that into our communities. And trust God that He will use us as the light to bring hope. And we live in a time where there's so much hopelessness um, in people's lives. People live without hope. They don't know about tomorrow, what's going to happen. They've got no hope. But uh, we have hope because we are in Christ. And we want to see that happen. So what we want to ask you is to participate with us in the next, uh, on the following ways, is that we will have four Sundays. We want to ask you to commit with us. We're going to have four sermons that we're going to preach about hope, really in depth. It's going to be incredible. And then we want to ask you to join our small group. So from the 28th, this will start next week, 25th, and then the 28th, the Wednesday evening, I myself will facilitate a small group at uh, Tandem Ministries offices. It's just a block down the road. And uh, then we're going to spend some time around the Word uh, in terms of that. And so I want to invite you. If you are not a part of a small group yet, please come and join me there. Um, how you can do that is that you can just scan your Connect card on your 
on your chair and um, there's a place that says um, Hope Small Groups and you can just sign up there to be part of that and then we'll send you a um, info with the address and everything from for to attend the ministries. And then thirdly, there will be uh, daily devotions that you can follow on Version Bible app really to take you with this four-week journey of discovering hope and how do we take it into our homes, into our workplaces. How can you be a carrier of hope into your workplace and also your community? Awesome. Are you excited about that? We are excited. This is going to be a hopeful year. <laughs> um, I want you to turn in your Bibles to uh, the book of Micah, Micah chapter 6. Now, Micah, the book of Micah is in the last part of the Old Testament in your Bible. So you can just turn to Micah. You can just check it out there. Obviously, the page number is going to differ. depends on what Bible you have. Um, on your phone, Micah, Micah chapter 6. And... Um, This life that we are living, your life today, this life, only makes sense if there is purpose in it. It only makes sense if there is purpose in it. This is probably one of the biggest questions people ask about life is, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? Why am I here? Um, is this it? I mean, going to work, having a family, um, is this, isn't there more than this? Um, this is, you know, there's so many people today uh, struggling with depression and anxiety. And most probably this is one of the biggest questions that confronts people in that time is, what is my purpose? What am I doing here? And uh, sometimes people never find their purpose because they either do not know or never ask the one who created them. So Jesus, God created you. God created you. He knows exactly what your purpose is. And sometimes we just need to ask Him. Sometimes we just need to get closer to Him to understand His heart, to hear His heart for our lives and understand what His purpose with our lives, with our lives are. And um, in our previous series, we, had, we were talking about the whole concept of being selfless, living selfless, and we, we, we made the statement to say that when it comes to our relationship with God, um, a lot of people think that God was created for us, and that He just have to do stuff that we ask Him. God, I, you have to help me in this regard. God, you have to come through in this situation of my life. God, I want this in that moment. God, I want to see this in my future. Uh, we always we would like to think God is was created. God was created for us, but in fact, we were created for God. Scripture says that for His pleasure, we were created, and that's just maybe the start of your purpose, <laughs> or discovering your purpose. For His pleasure, we were created. For His pleasure, we were created, and if we look at this God that created us. Um, we, we find out that actually nothing exists in this life without purpose. Everything has purpose, even a mosquito. What's the purpose of a mosquito? Does anyone know? It's to irritate you, yeah. <laughs> actually, it's actually to, to make more mosquitoes. That's the purpose of a mosquito. 
go Google it. It's really no. There's obviously some other stuff also. Obviously, part of the ecosystem, and I don't know what they uh, dropping lava or something. I don't know larva or something. I don't know on the you know the streams and everything. So, but everything has a purpose in life, and so you, we have a purpose. We have a purpose in life, and this is the question that we struggle with sometimes. Even in our relationship with God is, God, what is my purpose in life? What do you want to do with my life? What am I here for? If you want to go a little bit more deeper into that, you can really, there's an old book of um, uh, Rick Warren actually wrote it, and it's called Purpose Driven Life. Um, it's one of the best sellers uh, after the Bible, actually, that was, sell that was sold worldwide. Um, up until this day. So really, if you haven't read that book yet, really, you can uh, well suggest that for you. But purpose is really interesting because purpose is not always a clear-cut piece of info that God gives us. Asking the question, what is my purpose? God just won't come one day and say, this is it. Boom. <laughs> Let me tell you this, if God has to reveal your true purpose, I don't think you would be able to comprehend it. I don't think we will be able to handle it. And I'm actually a firm believer of understanding that I think that God's purpose for us is actually limitless. I think that together with God in this co-workership, this relationship, we have the creativity of God inside of us. Do you believe it? Because you were created in his image and his likeness. So his creativity, the same creativity, listen to this, the same creativity that created the heavens and the earth, this something of that is inside of you because we were created in his image. And if we can discover with God every step of the way, this journey, this process of, of discovering what he wants for our lives. You know, sometimes I think we need to take a step and say, God, I see this, you know, with our creativity that comes from him. I see this in my life. Maybe this is a possibility. And the, the, the God of wisdom that knows everything and say, yes, I think this is a good idea for you. Let's do it. Let's see how creative you're going to get with your future. How do you think? How do you, how do you see your future? And so, Purpose, I think, sometimes is revealed not just in a moment, but in the process of discovering who you are in, in God. In the process of, of doing life, we discover our purpose. So it's in this process, I think, that's so important is how do we handle the process? How do we, how do we walk with God in this walk with God, being in deeper relationship with Him? We discover something of our purpose. All right, God, you say this is a great uh, uh, direction to go into. And, oh, this is something of my purpose. It's God's will for my life. And so with every uh, purpose, I think you discover in the process. With every process, it's very important to understand that any process has certain requirements. And I'm, I, I was just thinking immediately of the whole 3D printing uh, thing that's going on these days. I mean, that's amazing. Have you seen that? You buy this printer, you design this thing on your laptop, and it, it uses like plastic or, I don't know, resin and everything, and it creates a 3D printing model of what you want. 
But here's the thing, it just doesn't, you don't press a button, boof, here's the little 3D model. It doesn't work that way. It's a process of creating that. And so I can just imagine, I don't know, I don't have a printer like that, but I can just imagine there's certain things that's important in the process. There's a requirement for this process to go. Like you need the right plastic or you need the right resin or you need the right temperature and you need the right speed maybe to print this whole model with. There's requirements that needs to take place or be in place for this process to take place. And at the end of the day, we see this purpose that we, we want, this model. Now, the, now the, the nice thing about this is that vision is also part of this because you see the picture actually on your screen. But this is not the, this is not the real deal. It still has to go through a process. And the Bible is so clear about vision. You have to be able to see picture for your future. You need to be able to see with God what He sees for you. And Proverbs 29 verse 18 says, where there's no vision, the people perish. You need to, in faith, envision your life in the next two or four or five years or and make God part of that. Actually, and this is just off the record, if you go and study the scripture, Proverbs 29 verse 18, it actually explains the word vision. It says where there's no vision, and in brackets, it actually says where there's no redemptive revelation of God in your future, you will perish. So if you can't see God in the picture in your future and that He redeemed you in that moment and that you are His child and that He has the best plan for you in that moment, and He is God now, He's God in the future, and He's God everything in between, you will perish. So vision is so important. And the process of discovering, oh, okay, this is a little, maybe a little dog you model that you're printing. Now, oh, here's the leg, and here's, oh, wow, this is a dog. You know, it's the whole process coming together. But there's some requirements for that to happen. And the same is with your life and your spiritual life. Is that God has this plan for you. God has purpose for your life. And He wants to... Discover that together with you, together with your creativity. But the process of discovery, God comes and says, listen here, your life and me being part of your life is not just for your joy, for yourself. It's not just so that you can be happy, but I also want to use you. I want to use your life as an instrument actually to touch people around you. Looking at Christ's life, I mean, I mean, if you look just how what happened to him, he just didn't die on the cross and, and so that everyone would believe in him. No, because of Christ, because of his life, we were saved. Because of his uh, sacrifice, we are redeemed. I mean, there's so many things that happened for us and to us because of his life. His life was this channel that God actually brought this life and life in abundance through Christ into our lives. It was never just for himself. We were impacted in that act of obedience of Christ on the cross. Just think about it. Where would you have been today if Christ did not die on the cross and was raised from the dead? And we could now align ourselves and identify ourselves with his sacrifice and the life that he's given to us. 
So we are excited about life because he was raised from the death and that life is inside of us now. That is how we see it as followers of Christ. And it's in this process of life that we understand that this life that God has given me is for a bigger purpose and that God has a certain requirement for my life. And this is one other thing that we ask sometimes in our lives in terms of our relationship with God and journeying together with God is, God, what do you want from me? What is your requirements for my life? You can say you're a Christian, but I think there's so many people that ask, what does, is God happy with me? Have you ever asked that question? I wonder if God is happy with my life. I wonder what he's thinking about me. I wonder if I do, oh, you see, I made a mistake again, so I'm just wondering if God still loves me. I'm just wondering, am I good enough? What is his requirements? How must I do things? And it's in this time that we understand, in this place of discovery, discovering our purpose and in this process, that God is actually so excited about your future. And he says, to, get, to bring the best out of you, I'm gonna, I've got some requirements for your life. I'm going to require some things of you. And we want to get to this question today. Is what does God require of me? Understanding that this requirement is not just a checkup, like that you do it or that you don't know. It's actually an expectation that God has for your life to see that you're not just going to be happy, but also that your life will influence and impact people's lives around you. That is his heart. And so when we go to the book of Micah, we see what God is saying to us in this, in this scripture. So Micah 6 verse 8, and we call it actually, it's actually known also as the Micah mandate. It's God is mandating us to live this way. And he says, he has told you, O man and woman, all of us included, what is good? He has told us what is good. I mean, all of us sitting here today know what is good and what is bad. You can know. If something happens, you can say, oh, I don't think this is good. This is bad. We know what is good. It's good to help people. It's good to, to serve one another. It's good to love one another. This, oh, scripture is full of that, what is good. God is all about goodness. He wants good for this world. Um, but he wants to use us. We know what is good. Go read Matthew 5, uh, the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus addresses a lot of things in that scripture about what is good. What's the good way for you to live? What's the good things for, in life? You know, what's the fruit that we need to uh, trust God for? And then he says, and what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness and to walk humbly with your God. This is what God requires. To do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. I don't know if you've ever read the scripture. <laughs> Here it is. Very easy. Words are written. You will hear in Doxadeo as you journey with us and uh, 
engage with us in, in ministry and stuff that we use a, a term called city changers. City changers, because we believe as a ministry, specifically that God has called us as a ministry. Now, just to explain, Doxadeo means the glory of God, and we are one church with more than 40, um, 40 expressions of campuses like this all over the world um, and entities like uh, children's homes and schools, etc. And um, so we believe that God has called us to be a missional family, to really be on mission and see the kingdom of God being established, especially in cities. So other churches have, have other focuses, maybe focus on faith or whatever, you know, salvation. And, and I think it's in the diversity, the beauty of diversity, that if we can come together as, as a church of Christ, the body of Christ, and see um, this world being changed and this world being affected by, by God's kingdom. But specifically for us, it's all about being missional, being understanding that we are saved, we are redeemed, but also we are sent. We are on mission. And we will always, you will see there's a banner in the front. We are a family on mission. And we want to see that we take faith, love, and hope to our community, to our world in this city. And this is the thing that I want to challenge you uh, when it comes to Micah 6 verse 8. It's not just about your relationship with God, but it's also to give love to other people around you, but also to act justly. is to go into our city, go into our communities, and really act in justice, stand up for justice, for things that are broken. And so we believe that city changers is just this concept God is challenging us with and to buy into this dream to see a city changed and bringing wholeness to a city. And, and that's what we say. We sometimes greet one another, hey, good morning, city changers, because we want to, if you're, if you're just bought into this dream with us, this is what we're going to call one another. We are followers of Christ. We are city changers. And so as city changers, we see that we align our lives with God's kingdom and aligning our lives with his kingdom. We see that we, this three energies actually, actually affecting our lives and we cannot live the same anymore. And, and this is what we say as city changers. Firstly, we walk humbly with God. This is his requirement in my life. is that I will walk with him, not just know about him, but really walk with him. Have a deep relationship with Him. It's, it's, it's not just about religion and uh, um, a lifestyle rooted in religion and rituals and stuff, but in rules. But it's all about relationship with God. And this speaks all about the person of Christ. Understanding the person that we, this Christ is a person and He has this um, uh, desire for us to be in relationship with him, to get to know him, to hear his heart for your life. And, and, when, and I want to tell you this, when you get to a place to say, God, I want to I walk humbly with you, you need to be careful because God is going to challenge you to identify your life with what he says. He's going to challenge you to, to grow even more deeply and intimately with your relationship with him. Be careful because he's going to challenge you to walk in integrity because his opinion of your life is going to challenge you to walk in that. If he says that you are free, then you walk as a free person and you live as a free person. If he says you've got life and that in abundance, we say we trust in God and we, we, uh, we believe in Christ, then we live as people that have life and that in abundance. We walk 
in integrity. This person of Christ. We see something of this in the life of Paul. I mean, this guy was just incredible, wrote two-thirds of the New Testament and was so many times in trouble because he was sharing the good news of Christ and the resurrection of Christ. Sometimes under house arrest, sometimes in prison. But still he says, bring me a, I don't know if they've got that paper and pens or whatever, but bring me, I have to write to the churches that I have relationship with. I need to write. It's incredible. And here he's sitting in jail and he writes to the church in Philippi. And we read this. He says, when it comes to my life and my relationship with Jesus, that I may know him. This is Jesus. That I may know him experientially, becoming more thoroughly acquainted with him, understanding the remarkable wonders of his person more completely. This is the desire of Paul. <laughs> this is his heart speaking here. And in that same way, experience the power of his resurrection, which overflows and is active in believers. This guy is sitting in jail. He's in prison for sharing the good news, for doing the good work. <laughs> and he says, you know what? I want to grow even more deeply with Christ. I want to know him. I want to be even more be acquainted with him. Incredible. May this be an anthem of our hearts today to say, God, doesn't matter what happens. We know you've got a plan for our lives. We want to walk humbly with you. This is your requirement for my life. The second uh, point is that as city changers, we love mercy. We love mercy. We are merciful towards one another, and we do this out of love because the love that we experience from God, this love we're going to give to one another, and in that we're going to have mercy um, towards one another. And this is all about the presence of Christ, understanding and experiencing the presence of Christ. If you experience the presence of Christ, you will experience love like never before. If you, if you are in the, in the presence of Christ, I want to tell you something. You will experience the mercy and the grace of God like never before. Your life will never be the same again because of His grace undeserved favor that we have in him looking at our past we actually don't deserve it but then Christ came and he took away all our transgressions and in him because of his grace we are now standing in righteousness in front of the father this is who we are and because of that we can love and we love with mercy towards one another. Listen, Galatians 5 verse 22, sometimes read these scriptures just so superficially. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. But the fruit of the Spirit, God's presence, where He is, is love. It's love. We understand in this space that we have a calling. 
we understand in this space that we have compassion, not just for the people around us, but for our city that we live in. We have a calling to make a difference and to love where there are people with pain. And we go into that spaces and we love and we see that pain are being addressed in those places. And we ask God, where can we make a contribution to see love, your love, being spread in this earth and in this city? And then thirdly, we act justly as city changers. This is God's requirement for our lives. Act justly, live, with, live justly. And this is where we engage in actions of God's kingdom, understanding that His kingdom way is what he wants to establish. At the end of this world, we will actually see the full expression of the kingdom of God as it is. But now he gives us some of the keys to unlock some of the things of this kingdom that you read in scripture and we can still uh, see that this is being established maybe in our homes and in our workplaces, in our communities. It's like a little taster that he gives. He says, Take this. This is something of my kingdom. Start living it. Start taking it. Establish it now. And at the end of this world, the final analysis, when Christ returns, we will see his kingdom being established on this earth in his fullness. And we engage in this space to see the brokenness that we see in society. And we say, God, we go in with hope and we act justly where we see injustice. We go in that, to that spaces and we stand up for the kingdom of God and the values of the kingdom of God. And this is all about the purposes of Christ. To see Christ's purpose with his world coming into place. Christ's purpose with his kingdom coming into place. I want to read you this scripture that's going to challenge you so much. In 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5, in the message Bible, it says, The world is unprincipled. Have you ever experienced that? <laughs> oh, where's the scripture, please? The world is unprincipled. It's dog-eared dog out there. Have you ever experienced that? <laughs> it's crazy. It's a rough place to be sometimes. It's dog, it dog out there. The world doesn't fight fair. Have you ever experienced that? It doesn't fight fair. But we, as believers, as city changers, don't live or fight our battles that way. We never have and we never will. The tools of our trade aren't for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture that we sometimes see in our cities and in our society. And this is why we sit here, to be equipped, to be able to stand up where there's injustice. And then he says, we use our powerful God tools for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Jesus Christ. Yes, the, the best picture of life, how we can live it, and there's sometimes things that comes against that. It's his kingdom way, and there's sometimes things that comes against that, and God is setting us up to actually stand up with justice and living in justice. And he says, our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. 
You see, this is the thing. When you live according to God's requirement for your life, guess what? You will grow into maturity. You will see something of a spiritual maturity taking place in your life. So, God, I want to walk humbly with you. Be careful in a good sense. Because that's got to, if, you, if you get to know him, <laughs> if you get to know him, that will challenge you to love mercy. If you start loving people, if you start loving people the way that Christ loved you because you've experienced that when you walk humbly with him, be careful in a good sense because that will challenge you to act justly where you see things in this, in this city, in this society that is not of his kingdom. So purpose It's not just about you feeling happy about yourself. Oh, now I know what I'm here for. It's that too. But it's also understanding what does God wants to do with my life? Not just for my life, but with and through my life. You guys can come to the front. So this challenges us in our worldview. Just think about this. How you see the world. This challenges us. I want to ask you this question. This world that we live in, who does it belong to? Most people will think the enemy. No, it doesn't. This world belongs to God. Do you know how many people believe and as a worldview, that we must just get to heaven one day because this world, oh my goodness, I want to tell you that this world belongs to God. And understanding His requirement for my life, it ignites something in my heart to say, God, I'm going to think bigger than just my, my own life. I'm going to think about my family. I'm going to think about people around me, your colleagues at work. You're going to think about your society. God's requirement for your life is not just to impact you, it's to impact a city. Impact a city. And I want to tell you that you're not here by chance. God wants to use you in a good sense. He wants to use your life so that you may experience significance like never before in your life. Walk humbly with God. Love mercy. And act justly. Listen, Ephesians 1 verse 11. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up for this better life, whatever it may be. He had his eye on us and had designs on us for glorious living. Exhibiting the glory of God. Part of the overall purpose. He's working out in everything. And everyone. Do you want to find out your purpose? Walk humbly with God. It's about your personal relationship. Do you want to find out your purpose? Love mercy. Turn your focus to people around you. Do you want to know your purpose? Act justly. Have a heart for your city 
that you live in. I want to ask you this question. We always pray in our own individual capacity. Lord, help me. And Lord, I need this. Lord, I praise you for who you are. Maybe just take it a little bit further. How do you pray for your family? Do you pray for your kids? For your husband, for your wife? Do you pray for your colleagues? Take it a little bit further. Do you pray for your city or your community that you live in? Do we pray for this city, Auckland? It's an amazing, beautiful city that we live in. And this is what we say. God, it's not just about us. It's in discovering our place in this city, in this, in this world, that we find our purpose. And so this morning, we are going to just do something of a physical expression, symbolic expression. We're putting your thumbnail just on this city. It can be where you live. It can be where you work. It can be where maybe a friend is that you're trusting God for. It can maybe be where an organization is that you trust for God to, to come in alignment with His kingdom. It can be anything. You can put your whole hand on there if you want to. I don't care. Just symbolically this morning, I want to invite you to the front after I read this last scripture to come and place your hand on the city and say, God, thank you that you've redeemed me, but thank you that I can be I can be a channel that you can work through and touch a city. So we didn't say this, but this morning was actually for us a vision focus Sunday to say, God, let's focus on the vision that you've given us. And we want to equip you and come alongside you and say, let's find your purpose and together, as you are brought into this ministry and this dream, journey with you to see God's kingdom being established in and through your life. A last scripture, Matthew 5, verse 13, and I'm going to invite you. Listen to this, so beautiful. It says, let me tell you why you are here. This is Jesus speaking here. Let me tell you why you are here. You are here to be salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. And if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? You've lost your, lost your usefulness and will end up in the garbage. But here's another way to put it. You are here to be light, bringing out the God colors in this world. God is not a secret to be kept we are going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. And if I make you light bearers, exhibiting the glory of God is light. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? No, I'm putting you on a light stand. And now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine, shine. Keep open house and be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up with God. This generous Father in heaven. We are here to be salt. We are here to be salt in this city. We are here to bring light and bring out the God colors in this world. You know the story about a prism? When light shines into the prism, you see the colors 
I can just see this picture, Christ in us. We are this prism and God shines his light through us. And as we are full of Christ and living humbly with him and acting justly, I can just see this colors radiant out of our lives, beams into our city and people experience the goodness of God. This is you. We invite you to be part of this. I want to ask you to stand up and come to the front. As God leads you, come and put your fingerprint on this city so that we will see you make a difference. While we sing this song, God bless you guys.